Hi, everyone. Welcome to Be The Flame. I am your host, Amy Barilla. This is episode one, where fire and magic meet. I am so very excited to be here with all of you today. When I was asked to do this podcast project a couple of years ago by my amazingly loving and supportive production team, I immediately kicked it out to the curb. I felt I wasn't ready. I didn't know if I could do it. I was feeling 10 shades of vulnerable. But I thought long and hard about what it is that I want to bring to the table for each of you listening. And I want to have a sacred space where fire and magic meet. So this is why you should tune in. If you're a woman, you're a goddess. Well, if you're a woman, you're automatically a goddess in my mind. If you are a mother, a caretaker, someone who's living and loving on a gallon-sized level, if you are an energy worker, a body worker, it doesn't have to be Reiki, there's all kinds of energy workers out there, if you are an intuitive or an empath, this space is for you. However, I want to make sure that each of you out there know that all are welcome. There will be something for everyone, I promise you. Each time we gather, we will have a collective mantra or affirmation. And I feel that affirmations are extremely important because it's driven by our intention and it also has a lot of energy and a lot of healing and a lot of empowerment behind it. So what I would like each of you to do is I'd like you to place your hand over your heart and I want you to close your eyes and I want you to recite the following words, always I rise. And the reason I want to make this our collective mantra is a reminder that we can do hard things. And with our hands over our heart and we hear that beat coming out of our chest, it's a reminder that when the shit hits the fan and the things get hard, we always rise. Let's talk for a minute about magic and fire. Because a lot of what this podcast is about is holding sacred space so that when we gather, we can really feel the magic and fire coming together and having a meeting. So my producer, Randy, asked me, what does magic and fire mean to you? And it was a really great question because it's something that I say every day, make this day magical. And that's part of the fabric of who I am. And for me, magic is all about the little things. When we look at manifesting and we think of magic, first of all, it's not witchy, spellbound magic. There is a place for that. But for me, I look at all the little things because the little things are what create the most magic in my day-to-day experience. The minute I open my eyes, it feels magical to me. Why? Well, because I have another opportunity. Our tomorrow is not promised to us. So being present is something that, yes, it can be extremely difficult at times, especially when there's so much chaos happening in the world around us. But the fact that my eyes opened and I have another opportunity at this day to experience the magic of going and getting my coffee at Starbucks, which is magical to me, you know, having text messages from my sacred connections, the people that I love and care about, going into the office and working on your smalls and on mama bears because you and your kids are my why. It's why I live and breathe and do this work. It's what keeps me propelled and moving forward. 
even in my darker moments, the little things are still magical to me. Watching the sun come up, I saw a shooting star earlier this week in the sky at 5 a.m. That was pure magic. That was a celestial event. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's all about surveying what's around you and where can you extract the magic out of the little things in life. And then we move on to fire. And Be the Flame is all about where fire and magic meet, okay? But it's also about igniting that flame within us because for so many of us, that pilot light is a little bit dim. It's there, but it needs a reignition, if you will. So that fire is where our courage comes in. Being brave when we may not want to be, but pushing through, that's fire. Being vulnerable, I feel, is a superpower right now. For so many of us, we don't want to show our vulnerability. We see that as a sign of weakness. I see it as the complete opposite. It is one of our superpowers. Vulnerability is when we expose our underbelly and it says we may need a helping hand. This is where I feel scared or anxious or uncertain, but I'm willing to be vulnerable because I know I can gain a lot of insight from that perspective from myself and from another. That's why therapy is so magical to me too. And I have a wonderful therapist and I can't thank her enough for all the great things that she teaches me. So I think fire and magic for me is all about embracing the little things in my day-to-day world and then building on that from there, having that expansion. That's what fire and magic mean to me. So I would like to pose a question to all of you. What does magic mean for you? Because it's a very personal and individual thing. And I'd love to hear some feedback on that. So what I would ask of you is to drop us a comment and let us know what magic means to you and what that fire means to you in your day-to-day world. And if you'd like to do that in the comment section of this podcast, that would be great. If it's something that you'd like to share with me personally, I would invite you to shoot me an email at amyattherakigal.com. You can also find me in a couple of different ways. Through this podcast, on my main website, which is amybarilla.com. On Instagram, you can find me under Amy Barilla Pediatrics. And on Facebook, my business page is Amy Barilla Pediatric Reiki. So let's take a minute to kind of talk about who the hell I am. So at least you have an understanding of who your host is. I've had the good fortune and many blessings of being a Reiki master and educator here in Las Vegas for over 12 years now. And well, at least over the past few years, I've focused specifically on the needs of women and children. More specifically from there, children who are experiencing big emotions. And I think that is a very important niche for energy workers because right now our children need critical vital care in balancing their framework on a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual level. So this base is designed not only for women, moms, families, but it's also geared towards my fellow light workers. And my hope is that those who are light workers out there can have a sacred space so they can feel seen and heard. And 
as we get deeper into season one, we're going to talk a lot about business building and aspects of having a standalone healing arts practice and what that looked like for me over these past 12 years and what that looks like for you currently and how can we expand on that? Because I think we are needed now more than ever. And I feel like I'm saying this over and over and over again. So I'd like to take a couple minutes and talk about how I started this journey of being a pediatric Reiki master, which didn't even start in pediatrics. It started probably back in 2005, 2006, when I was working in palliative care, and I was really drawn to helping those who were in the active stages of dying and providing Reiki to those in transition, but not only for the patient, but also for their family members. And that was extremely rewarding for me. And then I had a magical opportunity to meet Dr. Shadia Corey of Chiropractic for Life here in Las Vegas. And when we met, I learned through her about the power of chiropractic in prenatal care and working with infants in pediatrics. And that was where like I had this light bulb moment. And I looked at myself and I was starting to understand that I was going from one spectrum of life to the other. So I was at the the end stages of life and then at the beginning stages of life. And she became this amazing teacher and mentor and taught me so much about chiropractic and how it helps the nervous system in pregnant moms and in infants and children that we slowly developed this bridge or this arc between our two bodies of work. And she also offered me a place to practice and not only work for her part-time, but also build my Reiki practice. And then from there, I realized that I was, you know, getting the call to do the education part of it. And I started to teach Reiki classes in about 2009. And when I look back over these past, you know, 11, 12 years that I've been teaching, like today, I've had hundreds of students. And that's pretty amazing when I look back on that. And even my producer, Randy, was one of my early Reiki master students. I think that was back in like 2010, 2011. And it's really humbling when I look back over the at the bigger picture to see all that education that has taken place because myself as a Reiki master educator, I kind of have a different teaching philosophy. It's that I want to reach you at the level where you're at and not be so hovering and not be so strict, yet still convey the principles of Reiki and the bones of Reiki, but also extracting out of you, the student, more of your own divine magic so you can develop a practice that feels good to you. I think that's super important if you're educating, whether it's in the healing arts or any other subject. If you're not going to reach your students at their level and look inside of them and help extract their magic, you know, you might want to revisit why you're doing it. That's just me. That is my belief. Amen. I think there is a stereotype that people have about energy workers, light workers, intuitives, psychics, Reiki masters, what, what have you. That everything we do is centered around fluffy love and light. And 
if I'm going to be sharing this space with you, I want to make sure that I am perfectly clear from page one. I am love and light, and I am fluffy because I love unicorns and I love glitter and I love all things that are glittery, sparkly, and magical. But I also love my firearms. I also love riding a Harley. I love my Starbucks lattes. And I do swear like a sailor, okay? And for some people out there, that doesn't float their boat. And I love you, and that's totally okay. But if we're living down here in a three-dimensional world, in a 3D reality with all the shit and chaos that's swirling around us presently, I don't want to be anything less than that right now. I think that's important. And if we're talking about subjects that are metaphysical, that are spiritual, that are important in terms of our healing practice, if we're not going to reach you at that real level, I'm not going to be me and I'm not going to be vulnerable and authentic. I'm just going to be some cookie cutter healer. And truthfully, I've worked too long and too hard on myself and on my own practice. And so I'm going to keep delivering you the reality of who I am in each episode. How does that sound? So one of the things I want to do each week when we gather is I want to have some crystal wisdom. I think crystals are so important in the day-to-day life of an energy worker, light worker. I have probably a billion, or it feels like a billion, scattered around my house. I have them in my office, and I have them on my body. So many of us who are drawn to crystals, we may not even know what magic or what medicine it possesses, but when we either see one or we pick one up and we hold it in our hand, we feel the vibration and there is meaning behind that vibration. So for today's episode, I'm sharing the medicine of chalcedony and chalcedony is a wonderful stone to use when we have anger or negative emotions that need transmutation. We need to get rid of those feelings and send it back to the light for recycling. What happens when we send thoughts and feelings up to the light for recycling or transmutation, I like to say that it comes back down to us as a renewed energy source, not only benefiting us, but those around us. So today's medicine is from Chalcedony. So I hope you enjoy that. Also, another tidbit of crystal wisdom that I wish to share is something that I learned a couple of months ago from Dr. Athena Paracas. She is the founder of Sage Goddess based in Torrance, California. And she teaches us about taking crystals and writing into the divine matrix. So it's literally picking up a crystal with a point and writing into the air your intentions. I know it's magical, right? When you get into a habit of doing this day to day, it will, you won't even be thinking about it. It's just something that's natural. So let's see. Think of something that you wish to manifest and find a crystal. It could be any crystal, it doesn't have to be chalcedony, it could be amethyst, it could be rose quartz, it could be clear quartz, smoky quartz, citrine, whatever calls to you. And pick it up, think of something you wish to manifest and literally write it out in the air, 
or actually into the divine matrix. Because everything is a web of energy. And when we look at placing it into the divine matrix, we are expanding on that for it to become reality. And as we know, what we think about, we bring about. And that goes for positive and negative thoughts and emotions. So let's be very mindful and careful of what we're looking to bring into our reality. Chalcedony, writing into the divine matrix. So one of the other things that I want to share with each of you during each episode is selecting a card from this wonderful little affirmation deck that I created nearly four years ago now called Everyday Messages. And over the course of time, for all the years that I've been in practice, I would hear situations, listen to people's stories, or I'd have downloads of my own, and it would spark the need to write about it and create these wonderful mantras or affirmations. And then someone said to me, you should turn this into a deck. And so I did. And although it took me three years to get to that point to have this manifest into an actual deck. One of the wonderful things that I love about it is that they're simple, yet they will pack a two-by-four energetically for the reader. So each week, we're going to select a card. So today, for our first episode, I've gone ahead and selected one, and it's just for today, Excuses Keep Me From Claiming My Greatness. So I want to ask you, as part of your feet-to-the-fire homework, because each week you're going to get homework too. Where are you making an excuse in your life that's continuing to keep you from your greatness? I'll go first. At the beginning of this episode, I shared with you that, you know, this podcast had been a couple years in the making because I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think that people would want to listen or that I'd have enough interesting content to make people want to sit and listen. That was an excuse that was keeping me from my greatness. So for each of you today, I want you to ask yourself, what is the excuse that I continue to put out there? Remember, what we think about, we bring about. And excuses are like anchors. They keep us tied and tethered to yesterday. They do not serve our highest and best. That's pretty powerful, huh? So your feet to the fire homework for this week is asking yourself, what excuse do I keep saying that is keeping me from my greatness? So think about that. Let it percolate. Usually what happens is it elicits a trigger. And a trigger is the body's response to something that we know is true and accurate, but we keep stuffing it and suppressing it. And we know what happens over the course of time when we stuff, swallow, and suppress that energy goes inward, and it creates imbalance and or disease. And each week, we're going to talk a lot about that as well. So see, we're going to talk about a lot of great topics as the first season gets deeper and deeper, which is something I'm really excited about. All right, so that's your homework just for today. What excuse is keeping you away from claiming your greatness? In closing, I hope all of you enjoyed listening to this very first episode of Be the Flame today. It's been my honor, my joy, my pleasure to share this sacred space with you. And a couple of things that I want to share with you, you know, as we go week to week with new episodes, one of the things I wanted to sprinkle each of you with is something we're going to be talking about in a future episode, and that's how do we take care of ourselves when we suffer from caregiver syndrome? 
that's going to be a really great episode. And I do hope you tune in and listen because we're going to have a lot of great information to share with each of you. Caregiver syndrome is a real thing. As women, we are intrinsically by nature designed to care for everyone and fix everything around us. But it comes at quite a price and at a high cost to our overall framework. So that's going to be something that will be really magical. But what I want to close with is your homework. I want to remind you what your homework is. Your feet to the fire is just for today. Where is an excuse keeping you from claiming your greatness? I want you to think about that. And you can always drop a comment in the comment section or send me an email to amy at the reikigal.com and share those thoughts and insights with you because that's part of what I want to impart into everybody who listens is what can you take away from each episode week to week that can be part of how you flow in the world. We have to have that. And it's also keeping us accountable. Accountability is a big part of this podcast. Okay. So in closing, I love you. I see you. I hear you. And our mantra as we wrap up is always I rise. That's part of being that phoenix, setting ourselves on fire, burning to the ground in a pile of ash, and then reigniting ourselves, and we are reborn in our authenticity and truth. So until next time, thank you all so much. Have a wonderful week. Namaste. Namaste.